Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Appraisal Buzzcast. If you're not already subscribed, make sure to do so below and you'll get notified as soon as our latest episode is published. I'm Jim Morrison. Today, we have Joan Trice, CEO of Altera Group, and Michael Perry of Perry Appraisal Services based in Western Massachusetts. We're going to be talking about market value and what to expect in 2022 for appraisers. Joan, I'll pass it over to you. Thank you, Jim, and and welcome, Michael. Michael, I just I, I know you've written some articles for Appraisal Buzz in the past. We've never met, but I saw some commentary that you had on LinkedIn earlier this week, and I'm like, wow, appraisers actually there's a few out there who've actually read the definition of market value, and and I got to tell you what really caught my eye because this is my most favorite quote is the Warren Buffett quote. Mm. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. And that's what got my attention. So we're going to talk about market value today. So Michael, as a practicing field appraiser, and here we are in a crazy market where things are escalating at what many would say in some markets not to be sustainable. What does an appraiser do with that? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, first of all. So yeah, it's been a definitely a unique time in the real estate world. I was appraising back in the uh, last run-up 10, 15 years ago, and um, there's some parallels to it, but it, it, at the same time, it's completely different. Um, the metrics behind what's driving the prices is different. And so feels the same, but but really it's different. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting market. Um, one of the biggest things that we've been experiencing, of course, is inventory shortages. And I think that's been pretty similar nationwide. It's not a regional issue. And that's led to interesting you know, consequences where we have uh, pretty strong buyer demand still, but a lack of inventory and favorable interest rates and, and kind of all the ingredients are there to create a buying frenzy, which we've seen over the last couple of years. And so one of the most challenging things now is uh, keeping up with the current conditions of the market. Um, most of us have seen increase in real estate prices pretty steadily for the last couple of years, really since COVID hit. And so on every appraisal assignment, I imagine most appraisers do the same thing. I, I analyze the specific market and I spend probably the bulk of my time doing that because I want to properly and um, responsibly understand the market, uh, the trends in the market, and what's happening right now. Uh, because as we know, we use historical sales in our sales comparison approach, and we need to understand the market to adequately account for changing market conditions. And so uh, we don't have a lot of active listings and on-market properties right now to help us understand the current market, which makes it a little bit more challenging. Uh, so doing that market research and the analysis of that data is critically important, I think. So I'm I'm curious, what do you look at in your analysis? What are the flags or the metrics that you look at that throw off red flags that indicate to you that the market might be slowing down or might be about to turn or just change? It might be going up again. I mean, yeah. What are those specific um, leading indicators? Yeah, I would say, you know, we look at marketing time 
And to me, that kind of helps understand because it's all about supply and demand, really, with all else being equal. If rates aren't changing, if there's no economic events going on right now, it kind of becomes about supply and demand. And so if we pay attention really closely to the marketing time trends, and if we see a change in that, so in other words, if properties are, are taking longer to sell, that to me could be an indication that uh, the demand may be slowing down. Um, we, we got to a point, again, this is probably pretty similar throughout the country, but uh, median marketing time right now, I look at days to offer, that, that'll tell us how long a property sat before uh, the meeting of the mines and the, the agreement was reached, um, is right around the median days to offer is right around six or seven days in this area. And it has been for a long time. And um, one thing to consider about that is a lot of our local real estate agents um, have been listing properties for sale, say on a Wednesday or a Thursday with no showings until an open house on the weekend. And so um, I try to take that into account as well. So if the median days to offer is seven days, it's probably more like three days because really they're not allowing anyone to view the property for two or three days. And then it's going under agreement, usually the day after the open house. So um, that's one thing I pay close attention to. If there's a a change in the marketing trends, as we see the marketing days go up, I think that shows us a little change in the supply and demand factor. Um, We also, of course, analyze uh, value trends. And when I do my market analysis, uh, I look at different metrics. So I look at longer term trends, 12 months, even 24 months, just to understand the, the bigger picture. But I also start to look at six month trends and it gets tricky because there's less data points and the data becomes, or the trends become res- less reliable. But that to me tells us, you know, a bigger picture, what's been happening over the past year, but then also what's been happening much more recently. And to me, in, in terms of leading indicators, sometimes those shorter term trends, even though they're not Uh, incredibly reliable because the data points are limited. Those can start to point us in a direction of what's happening. In this part of the country, I'm in the Northeast. Uh, We have a very seasonal market. And again, again, I know a lot of people around the country experience seasonal markets. But with our winters, we see a a big slowdown in activity. We tend to see median and average prices go down, but it always kind of comes back up in the spring. So it can be tricky to discern between real trends and seasonal trends Um, And I think people around here usually cross their fingers every spring (laughs) that we're going to see another upswing. Uh, But that's what I look at. I I tend to look at marketing time. I'm really connected with local real estate agents and lenders. Um, So I do interview them, talk with them a lot, try to get an understanding of market activity that we don't see as appraisers, you know, how many buyers they're working with and um, what the buyer's sentiment is. There's been a, a trend where buyers are walking away from the market and letting it cool. So yeah, it's kind of a combination of things, but I like to look at the marketing time in terms of seeing what's maybe to come within the next 30 or 60 days. Okay. I am curious. I think there's a, a leading indicator that only appraisers would know, but how you would quantify this, uh, I don't know, other than maybe it's nothing more than, I mean, you see consumer sentiment surveys, which by the way, right now are at an incredibly high negative. They're saying now is not a good time to buy, which which says that consumers are cooling off a little bit. But the one I'm referring to is I don't even know what to call it. I'll just call it the crap factor. I mean, I don't I don't know what else to call it. And that is appraisers say that they know the market is about to go the other way when 
The only thing that shows up on the market are properties that can only sell in an overheated market, that they're inhabitable, they're overpriced. And if you've got a if you've got a rental property and it's just been a money pit, this is the kind of market where you dump those properties. So the amount of inventory, there's already a shortage of inventory, but what's on the market is just pure crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting, it's an interesting theory and thought process. It's hard to quantify, of course. Uh, But yeah, I think, you know, hey, realtors work their butts off to get listings. These days, that's the the biggest challenge because if you can get a listing, you're going to sell it. Right. Uh, And I think, you know, to be creative in that industry, Maybe you appeal to the um, hard to sell properties and because anything will sell, right? And that's the theory. Right. So exactly. yeah, I guess that could be, but I, I think that's also very regional specific. You know, you're going to see different uh, factors and different trends in different markets around the country. Um, what I see around here, so I'm in the Western part of Massachusetts, uh, maybe an hour and a half or so from Boston and central mass. And what I noticed the last time back in say 2005, 2006 was um, as the market started to really heat up and to get to the point where you felt like it was maybe a bubble uh, that would eventually burst, I started notice, noticing the um, local investors, so the fix and flip folks, the buy and hold people who accumulate rental property or they buy properties to renovate and, and flip them. I started to notice when they had a, a higher tendency to get out of the market and we saw out of area participants starting to purchase those properties. And so to me, it kind of told me that the buyers were coming from higher priced markets where even they were getting priced out of the market to a lower price market like my market in Western Mass. And to them, it was a relative good deal to pay what ended up being you know, a high market value where the local investors truly understand the local market. To me, they're, they're great local investors. I have really good relationships with lots of local uh, investors and fix and flip folks and all that, um, they know the market, you know, it's their livelihood. So they really can help an appraiser, even an experienced appraiser, understand the sentiment among what I would call the smart money, you know, not big money, but smart money, people who watch the bottom dollar, the bottom line very closely. Um, And when I see the out of market buyers start to creep back in, and the local buyer and the local investors start to sell off, I view that as something to watch because it says these people know this market. If they feel it's time to maybe cash out on some of this, secure some of that equity that they built through the, through the market. And we see the um, out of area buyers come in. So I, I don't see a lot of the, the oddball properties. Um, although I, you know, if, if I sift through my local MLS, there are, it feels like more of those. But they're there. Because, yeah. It yeah. doesn't mean that they'll sell, but yeah. yeah they they, they are. sit longer. And so they get noticed yeah. more by people like yeah. us who look at the MLS yeah. every day. And around here, it tends to be the very small properties, you know, the 600, 700 square foot properties, the one bedroom, two bedroom houses, um, or the, the gigantic properties that need full renovations. Yeah. The, the, the extremes of yeah, yeah. E- either, either end of that. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and we will be right back. We didn't build remote bow for appraisals. We built it for appraisers with remote bow. You are in control. Unlike a hybrid valuation, you directly gather the information, photos and measurements you need while communicating with the homeowner. 
And with no travel time, Remote Val increases the number of inspections you can perform. Combined with 24-hour pay or exclusive benefits, it's no wonder appraisers are choosing in-center appraisal management. Remote Val is fast, easy to use, and completely free for appraisers. To see a demo of Remote Val in action, visit incenteram.com. So, Michael, the reason I invited you today was talk about market value. And I see the discussions in social media all the time from appraisers. Well, you know, a willing buyer and a willing seller. So that contract price must be market value. Is that all there is? (laughs) Not in real estate. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a tough topic because um, market value can mean several different things. Even in real estate, it can mean a lot of different things. Market value could mean liquidation value or quick sale value. It could mean estate value. The IRS, for instance, has their very own definition of what they mean by market value. So it's important to understand that in an appraisal, at least, market value is a very important element of our assignment. And so Um, USPAP requires us to include our definition of market value in the report. So it's very clear to readers of the report what our value opinion means. But but I think the commonly understood idea or definition of market value is simply what a willing buyer and a willing seller agree to. But in real estate, at least in in Fannie's definition, Fannie Mae's definition, and the bulk of most appraisers' um, work is done for lending purposes. So purchases, refinances, and so on. Um, And Fannie Mae defines what definition of market value we must use. Uh, And so in every appraisal report, there is a definition of market value. And in every one of those lender-guided appraisal reports, it's all the same. And it's Fannie's definition. And it's more than just a one line. You know, it's not a one-liner. It is a full definition um, with conditions and, you know, lots of elements to what market value means. And I find... There's, there's a, a bit of a disconnect between what people generally think market value means and what market value means to an appraiser. So it can be a challenge. Um, well, so let's just go through. So, you know, as I was saying, buyer and seller typically motivated. That's the very first uh, tenant of the definition. So what does typically motivated mean? I mean, how do you, uh, how do you know the motivations of the buyer and the seller. And this is why you confirm sales, right? I mean, so if I'm getting divorced and we both need to, neither one of us can afford to buy the house, we're going to sell it, split the difference, go on our separate ways. We want a quick sale. Let's forget this market where everything's a quick sale. So we're going to price it a little lower. And so the appraiser would need to verify with the uh, listing agent and maybe the buying agent as well. Why did this property, why is it an outlier? And even the reverse could be true. I'm in Sarasota where people are coming from New York uh, by the hundreds of thousands and a house uh, not too far from me uh, recently sold for a half a million over ass. Is that the price or is that the value or is that both? What do you say to that? Yeah, well, I appreciate Fannie Mae's uh, lengthy and rather detailed definition of market value because it touches on lots of those elements where we look at in an open and competitive market with 
reasonable exposure time. Both parties are typically motivated. Both parties are well-informed or or well-advised. And so you're exactly right that it's the obligation of the appraiser, especially when we're choosing comparables and we're trying to use the best comps that we can find, we have to understand that sale price. Um, understand if there were other factors involved. Unfortunately, Fannie Mae doesn't give us a lot of definition of uh, definitions of some of the terms they use. It's slightly ambiguous. Like you said, what does typically motivated mean? Um, right. So that leaves us each appraiser, I guess, to decipher those for themselves. Um, I think maybe generally the you know generally accepted idea is in a in a normal market, whatever that means for you. So we would presume. The buyer is trying to maximize the sale price. The seller is trying to pay um, what they believe is its true market value. And that meeting of the mind, so to speak, what they agree upon should represent the market value price. It's what each party was willing to uh, pay and receive. But there are other elements that play into that. Of course, like you said, it could be an urgency to sell, a job transfer, uh, a a life-changing event where the property needs to be sold or purchased. Um, so as appraisers, we need to dig down and understand the, the um, motivations of the sale price for comparables and also for the properties we're appraising. Agents ask me all the time if if the marketing process of the property matters. Um, we got multiple offers. Does that matter? We got 16 offers over list price. Does that matter? Um, we didn't accept the highest price that was offered. Um, and so I always tell them the same thing, which is, yes, it matters. It's It's one factor that I would consider because that tells me what market participants, real market participants were willing to pay the conditions of those offers. But it also, it kind of starts to pull back the curtain of, well, where were the offers? Did you accept the highest offer? And maybe 80% of the offers were within a a range of prices, but you accepted one that's 20% higher. And again, if we go back to Fannie Mae's definition of market value, we're looking for the most probable price that a property would bring in an open and competitive market, not the highest possible price, but the most probable. Glad you brought that up. That's really an important uh, words do matter. And and that actually came from a prior codified definition pre-FIREA that said highest price, not not the most probable. Do you think today we're we're appraising to the highest or we're trapped in the highest possible price still? I think um, the way it's been recently, I wouldn't say to the highest price. I would say a higher price is becoming the most probable price because buyers uh, are well aware right now of conditions in the market. They understand they have to be very competitive in their offers. And so I think buyers are willing to pay the higher price. And I think multiple buyers in many circumstances are willing to pay that higher price. And so it's a moving target. You know, it's very market specific. If we go the other way, I was going to say when, likely at some point in the future, we're going to see prices stabilize and possibly come down. You know, real estate really is cyclical. If in a changing market the other way where prices are maybe coming down a little bit, I think you're going to see again, which we haven't seen in a long time, buyers will offer below list price and multiple offers will offer below list price. And the seller at that point will have to choose the best offer. The market kind of always tells us what's going on. You know, we can never try to outsmart the real market. And so that's why I think appraisers need to be really plugged into their local uh, real estate professional networks 
which would include lenders, attorneys, real estate agents, other appraisers. Um, we need to understand it. The unique thing about appraising and being an appraiser is essentially we uh, develop our opinion of value based on what market participants would pay and, and receive, yet we rarely actually interact with buyers and sellers in the market. <laughs> and yeah, so we true. need to rely on those who do to understand the sentiment of buyers. You know, What are they telling you right now? Are they willing to pay above list price? I think that'll help direct us. But yeah, I don't, I don't think we're appraising to the highest price right now uh, per se, but I think what buyers are willing to pay is higher than in a more normalized market. No, I, I, I would agree with that. Well, let's uh, take one more quick uh, commercial break. We'll be right back. Looking for better turn times, the ability to automate routine tasks and stay in compliance with your appraisal management processes? Evo, state-of-the-art appraisal management technology for residential and commercial real estate lenders and AMCs was built with the user in mind. Evo streamlines the appraisal experience with configurable workflow design that automates 100% of routine tasks, alerts you on the way, and gives you powerful reports to make timely decisions. It's the only platform in the market with total customizations out of the box without IT development or intervention. Find out more at globaldms.com or call 877-866-2747. To continue with the discussion around market value, well, let's just talk about the appraisal process and the form. I know the form isn't the process, but it certainly does emulate the, the process and it's you're married to it, like it or not. So if you had three wishes, uh, Michael, uh, on how to change the appraisal process and or the form in 2022, you got three of them. So, so what, what are they? <laughs> wow. I'll start off by saying I think the forms are a little rigid and outdated. The, the biggest challenge with them, I think, is appraisers, especially newer appraisers, they're trained to um, appraise to the form. And that's the data you need. And then you can uh, develop an opinion of value if you, if you fill out all these empty spaces. And the reality is um, the real you know, art of appraising comes in the analysis and the research side of the, uh, of the process. So I, I don't know what could be changed, though. I know um, there's talk of Fannie Mae redesigning the forms and making them more modern and, and more uh, malleable to different property types. Um, so I'll kind of leave that up to the experts in terms of how to change the forms or whether or not they should be. But yeah, you know, the appraisal industry is always changing and um, we've seen it ever since COVID came along and we had to start looking at uh, options and alternatives um, due to the health concerns of going into people's homes. And so that brought up the whole issue of bifurcation or uh, virtual inspections and, and all those kinds of things. It was an interesting kind of forced experiment. And so I'm not completely sold on that yet. I think um, it's kind of where we're headed, like it or not, at least some form of that. Uh, but I still think the licensed and trained and experienced appraiser needs their eyes on the properties as much as possible. You know, so much is gained from the inspection process and, you know, the analysis and everything. You're giving me three wishes and I'm striking out here because I don't, I don't, I don't really have deep you know, concerns and wishes for the appraisal industry. I, If I had one, it would probably be that appraisers come together. Um, we don't have a strong unified voice, and that's frustrated me for a long time. Um, we do have some excellent leaders, some wonderful spokespeople, and a couple of organizations that are out there 
but it feels more like, you know, it's for show and uh, we don't really have anybody standing up for us and truly going to bat for us. And, and so if I could, if I could snap my fingers and make one thing happen, it would be that uh, appraisers would come together. We are a, a relatively fractured bunch, all scattered all throughout the country, uh, that we could all come together for our common shared goals and objectives, which is simply to uh, promote the appraisal industry, um, defend ourselves when we're uh, attacked from the outside if it's unjustified, but also to lift each other up. I, I think we can gain a lot from each other, and social media has really helped with that. Uh, we're, we're coming together more I, probably than ever. I've been doing this for about 20 years now, and I've never been more connected to um, other appraisers around the country, people who are much smarter than me, people with different specific fields of expertise. And I think that makes us better as individual appraisers when we when we have that support network, so to speak. Uh, but having a, a kind of a unified collective voice and, you know, something like NAR is for the uh, agents, the National Association of Realtors, where um, they have that very loud, very Single strong voice. and powerful yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. And it's not to say to to make excuses for us or to get us out of trouble. That's not what I mean in any way. I just mean somebody to advocate for what we think is maybe best in a certain situation. Um, maybe somebody, like I said, to defend us if we're unjustly accused of something or, or whatever the case may be, because it feels like things happen to us. We don't, we don't have much of an effect on what happens. Uh, and that's a tough feeling, you know, that's, Tough yeah, situation. we've had a lot of negative uh, press over the, the last few years, no doubt about it. Well, that's a good positive message. So maybe something uh, we could all collectively work towards this coming year. So, Michael, appreciate you joining us today, uh, as always, and uh, keep contributing to the appraisal buzz. We appreciate you. I will. And and I have, if anybody wants, I, I maintain a blog at perryappraisalblog.com, perryappraisalblog.com. Because I think more appraisers need to get involved and speak up. We're not all experts, but um, I think we can learn from one another. So I love, you know, reading other appraisers' input in your in appraisal buzz. I think it's wonderful to hear from actual appraisers. And I would strongly encourage other appraisers to get involved, um, get involved in the industry, share your knowledge, get in touch with your local real estate professionals, you know, really take a stake in your own industry. Amen to that. Thank you. Stop waiting 30 plus days to get paid on your appraisal invoices. Cicada Capital is a simple and secure payment platform that improves your cash flow and reduces the time you have to spend on paperwork and making collection calls. The process is simple. After the initial account setup, simply submit your invoices to Cicada Capital instead of your AMC or lender. You receive payment the next business day while Cicada Capital collects the payment from your AMC or lender, leaving you with more time to do what you want to do. We even have an option for same-day payment. For additional questions or to set up your account, call Cicada Capital Support Team at 208-953-7234. That's 208-953-7234. Or email them at support at cicada.com. That's support at s-e-k-a-d-y.com. Well, thank you, Joan. And thank you, Michael. It was really interesting to take a look at this market value. It'll be interesting to see how it affects 2022 and what happens with the market then. Uh, we also want to thank our listeners and thank our sponsors who help us put this together. If you have any other uh, questions or would like to be interviewed in a future Appraisal Buzzcast, reach out to us at info at appraisalbuzz.com. Thanks and have a great day.